Hey friends and listeners, welcome back to Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. A big part of leading in this day is replenishing ourselves, is knowing that we are not machines. And I believe that this summer is an amazing opportunity for us to replenish ourselves. And one of those opportunities that we've talked about, uh, and actually we just featured here on the podcast, is an experience called City A Year, where my brother, my dad and I, go to one mid-major city each year, check back on the last podcast to get a full explanation of what that is, where it came from, and why it's been so life-giving to us. But today, I'm going to lead you on a journey along with my brother and dad who are there as well. Maybe some other special guests will pop in of our journey to the Savannah Bananas Baseball Park. And I say journey, I say experience, I can't really use the term game because honestly, it was more of a circus a parade, a performance, and we absolutely loved it. So for a long time now, I've admired the Savannah Bananas and how they are shifting baseball. Their owner, Jesse Cole, was featured here on our podcast, episode 35, go way back in the archives. I interviewed Jesse, what's his why, what drives him, and so much of their fans first mentality came out. We attended the game last night and what we want to do is we want to lead you through this experience from us kind of processing what's happening uh, as he took us around he showed us the culture he explained the things that were very intentional before the game we got to experience the game and then we've talked about it afterwards and honestly it was an incredible experience so we're going to lead you through this podcast experience of our visit the savannah bananas an incredible baseball experience Friends, it's the morning after the Savannah Savannah Bananas baseball experience, and honestly, it was an experience. We're still reeling. We're actually wearing memorabilia, and you probably can hear the Cuban music behind us. We just had an amazing Cuban lunch uh, here at a very authentic Cuban restaurant, and we're going to talk about what we experienced last night. So I want to start with this. I've had a relationship with Jesse, and he's just been a class act. He invited us to Savannah. They comped us tickets and honestly gave us the VIP treatment. So they treated our boys so well, got you know on the field, game ball, and the team came around them, so that was incredible. But actually the VIP experience that I loved was getting a peek at the culture. I've never physically been in their offices. Uh, the values were on the wall, faces are on the wall so that they remember who these people are, who are uh, even just summer interns, the value the way that Jesse walking around in different places, everything was intentional down to the principles of fans first. Why they've solved these pain points, and honestly, they're not done solving pain points. They realize baseball has been boring, food has been too expensive, people feel gypped often. Honestly, I felt that it was the best sporting experience of my life, by far. And I was not nervous about the game or even focused on the game for parts of it. That is the crazy thing. They say it's a circus, and a baseball game breaks out. So this circus was an unbelievable opportunity. We laughed a ton. We had surprising moments all along. It was so fun for all of us. Uh, and honestly, I saw people well into their 80s. I think we saw people who had uh, been married over 50 years who were in the stands. I saw old ladies dancing. 
uh, and it was an incredible experience. So, JR, could you just explain what is some of the craziness that actually broke out yesterday? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit hard to explain, to be honest with you, it's just simply because there were so many things. And so maybe, Alan, maybe it's helpful to just run through maybe some of the things that they actually did, because we had to write them down so we wouldn't forget. First of all, Jesse, the owner, right? You think of owners wearing a suit or, you know, kind of moving slowly around, looking kind of in charge. We're, we're greeted by Jesse, who's who's wearing this Dumb and Dumber-esque, Dumb and Dumber-esque uh, bright yellow coattails, uh, fruffles on the, the front, uh, top hat, yellow top hat. He's wearing a tuxedo. So um, little things like the bases are painted yellow, right? I mean, it's, where have you been to a game where the bases are painted yellow? Um, there are no sponsorships on the outfield wall. Uh, they've just chosen to go sponsorship-free. They did a baby Simba act, what they call it Banana Baby, where uh, you can sign up to bring your, uh, your, your infant. And they dress it in a, um, in, in a baby uh, banana costume, and they actually play the, uh, the Lion King music and have the whole players come around home plate and they sort of lift the baby up in sort of Simba style. Um, the walk-up band, there was one batter that every time he came up to bat, uh, the, the whole pep band actually marched to the batter's box with him to introduce him to, to do that. Uh, when they introduced the other team, the Grim Reaper was also introduced and stood along the other team in full regalia. Um, the third base coach wore cowboy boots and uh, we missed it last night, but they hired the, the first base coach simply because he knows how to break dance. He was on vacation, so the fill-in substitute first base coach was doing ballet between innings. And he did actually a great line, a great job. There was a Congo line. They have uh, banana, the banana nanas, which are uh, 65, 70-year-old uh, women who are the cheerleaders. They have uh, mana nanas, which are middle-aged, overweight men, where on the back, um, of their shirts, it says Dad Bod Cheerleading Squad, and uh, they lead the cheers. Um, starting lineups for the team. They did basketball intros, and you ran through the tunnel and gave everyone a high five, just like in a basketball a basketball game. Um, the first pitch, this is one of my favorites. The first pitch, they didn't call it the first pitch, they called it the first banana. They pulled out the person out uh, on the pitcher's mound. The catcher stooped down, but instead of throwing a baseball, they threw a banana, which this, uh, this young teenager threw a strike with a banana right over the plate. <laughs> it was quite impressive. It, it was very impressive. It was absolutely impressive. Uh, the, the marching band, they did a countdown. Uh, the, that was probably when I knew we were in for, for uh, great joy. The, 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 the fences, the, the gates open up at 530. There's a big marching band parade. They actually parade in all the players. They come out. There's marching band, and the players dance and do choreographed dances to the fans, and then they count down from 10, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and then the gates open and everyone just rushes in. Pretty amazing. A fan wall in the outfield. We can go on the field before the game on the warning track and actually autograph and sign the outfield home run fence. keep going Alan but I don't know if you want me to what stuck out to you dad yeah I, I was thinking more from a leadership standpoint that here Jesse has created an environment that is so fun and you could even call it crazy but at the same time the quality of the baseball was extremely high the players were not only having fun 
but they were playing serious baseball. And, just and they're 13 you, and one. Yeah, give, give you an example. They had a 10-game winning streak. They lost their first game, and they're 13 and one right now because they're playing serious baseball. But the 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 fun and the enjoyment of being there permeates everything that Jesse has created. And he's created this environment where you can be both serious baseball players and, and have fun and, and entertain the crowd all at the same time. So not only do you get to see some good baseball, but you get to enjoy the experience. And the, the thing that is so impressive, and I don't know if you mentioned this before, is Jesse has created such a fun environment that there are 1,200 ball players that want to play on the team, and he gets to choose 30 ball players for not only the quality of their baseball, but also the the, the, the personality that enjoys uh, fitting into a team like this. And how much do these athletes get paid? They get paid the incredible sum of nothing. They do it entirely because they want to be part of this environment. They have and 1,200 is, athletes, 30 are picked, for the entire summer, and they're not paid. And we but talked, they love it. We talked to one baseball player, the catcher, who not only was incredibly friendly and spoke to us, but he had been doing this for four consecutive summers because he liked being part of what Jesse had created. And all four of those summers, he did it entirely on a volunteer basis. And he's not going to some dinky school. University of Georgia, SEC baseball, some of the best college baseball around, here he is giving up his summers to do this. Super friendly, high emotional intelligence. You could tell that he wasn't just a good player. They genuinely looked like they were having fun. And last night we talked about energy. Alan, you used the phrase sustained energy. Talk I've about never, what it was like throughout the game. I've never been to a sporting event with electric sustained energy the whole time. Surprise and delight. Here's the reality. I did not know when to leave to hit the bathroom. It's actually, right. it's all you can eat food as part of every ticket, which is huge because you're not thinking about, oh man, we have to have a hundred bucks for dinner tonight, whatever. It's included. So you know you're gonna eat to, you know, and drink to your heart's content, a few sodas, cause why not? And it was an amazing experience to all the time hear cheers and not know whether it was the game, whether it was something fun between innings. I didn't know when to go pee because it was that much of an experience. So yeah. two things- You have things to go during the plays because as great as the baseball was, you didn't want to miss between the innings, right? Yeah, let, let's be real. What was happening between the innings was more surprise and delight than, than any home run that can happen. And of course, like you said, they won. These are good players. I think um, first, let's talk about experiences a little bit. And then I want to end by talking about some leadership principles. And we have a special guest I'm going to interview to close us out. Our youngest guest ever, Right Setup Leadership Podcast, will be interviewed here in a little bit. Leadership principles, I, I think, it's kind of like you have to choose between a good culture and results. And dad, you're talking about, but they're actually good players as well. And the reality is they've created such a culture that it attracts people who are both good. These are really good ball players. And, and let's be real, this is the lowest minor league thing. It's called short season ball. So it's not like you can pick AAA people who are about to go to the majors. These guys are young. These are 18 to 21 year olds and you're trying to capture the right people. They're gonna play ball somewhere. They wanna play on this team. And so they've been able to create excellence and an excellent culture at the same time. And the reality is you can do both. You can do both. Um, the intentionality for me, 
everything is so intentional. Jesse's intentional about the books he reads, the culture he creates with the staff. I actually, um, Julie and I came and did an Enneagram training because they're always developing their staff with different tools that they have and different areas of need uh, that the, the staff actually wants to develop themselves all the time. So this is a hungry staff. They have fun together. It was like a happy hour, end of week kind of deal. They want to be together. So when I talk about the team, I'm not just talking about the players. There are way more people that actually make this happen in the back office, um, but they were out there. Maybe the last thing is that they carry the energy. Jesse from the top is out there in his yellow tux. He's not ordering people around to have the energy. Every single person who's on staff with them was out there. They're leading cheers. They're wacky. They're crazy. And they hire for exactly that, people who love their culture. What are some other leadership principles that really stuck out to you last night? Well, one of the things that impressed me is the fact that he made it, Jesse made it very, uh, very prominently displayed that he wants people to contact him, to have a, give him complaints, give him ideas. He was constantly seeking feedback, and he was not afraid of people contacting him with uh, additional ideas, whether they be positive or negative. The other thing that impressed me, too, is he had a picture of his employees on the wall so that he could make sure that he was acknowledging his employees, that he understood his employees, and that he could treat each one of them individually based on their particular needs. As busy as he was, he was incredibly concerned about personally getting to know each one of his employees so that he could he could help develop them and give them what they needed, both in terms of their personal health as well as how they contributed to the well-being of the entire team. Yeah, five things, to, just real brief, five things stick out. Number one, um, vision, clarity, and principles. That I mentioned, we were talking about ideas and mentioned something, uh, he's talking about season ticket holders, I said, what about this? And immediately he said, nope, can't do that. That's not fans first. So he knew because of his vision, not just what to do, but he also knew things that were out of bounds because he said, that's not fans first. And that's, everything we do is fans first. That wouldn't be it. And I thought, man, a lot of respect because he was able to eliminate immediately with confidence what you shouldn't do. Number two were rituals. We got to sit in on not just the, the, the programming meeting uh, before the game, but also the entire staff, the ushers, um, kind of those more like high school, college students. And at the end, they, they said, uh, all right, one, two, three. And everybody up, go bananas. It's kind of, they kind of, you know, one, two, three team, like breaking a huddle. But just the fact they have these rituals built in is another part of their culture. Um, the third thing is celebration. I mean, during that, that pre-meeting before the game, they did what they, they, they called them shout outs. They said, we want to shout out to Latrell over here. Last game, Latrell went above and beyond and I got an email from someone, so can we give it up for Latrell? And, and Susie over here did this. So the fact that, you know, that, that leadership principle, what you celebrate gets done, the shout outs that they do, you could tell they do it every meeting. When you recognize and elevate and put people up and prioritize people who are exhibiting your culture, what you celebrate gets done. Number four is hiring the right people. We talked with Devin before the game, and she just was talking about the hiring process. Even to become an intern, how incredibly strenuous it was to be able to do that. And then lastly, connection. You talked about names. I mean, the first thing that Jesse did was making sure, not just everybody's name, but making sure he went through and named everybody and got it right before we even moved 
from that spot. And so the idea of leadership as connection, I have a sticky note on my laptop that reads, just connect. Because everything we should be doing as leaders is connecting, and that's what they do. They connect the emotions, they look people in the eye, even the ushers were really intentional about looking and asking, you having a good time? You having a good experience? And I, so I thought those five, vision, clarity, uh, rituals, celebration, uh, getting the right people and being very intentional, and then just connect, connections. Mm. So ESPN actually, uh, yesterday, <laughs> right before the game, we read an article that ESPN is comparing them to the Harlem Globetrotters. I think some of that's fair, some of that's probably not. This is not scripted. How do you think this it's is, unfair? This is yeah. a real game. Uh, these are real players, and these are not actors. These are 18 to 20 one-year-old college kids, you know, hoping that they could uh, make it to the majors, but most of them will not. Um, but I think the other piece of it, their, their question, ESPN, is this the most fun experience in baseball? I can't imagine a better experience. In a, in a day when the major leagues are losing people, um, uh, especially younger fans, uh, they just don't have the younger fans that they used to. I look around last night, you have babies being lifted up in a banana costume and parents lining up, it's at least 30 deep to get your baby, you know, banana eyes. Well, and there are auditions Hilarious. for the banana nanas. Like, yep. just a small portion of these old ladies oh, get a chance to do this. These sweet old ladies, I got to connect with them, and, and they admit it, they're having the most fun of anyone in the stadium. So, I mean, I just, every bit of it bleeds their culture, it's intentional, doesn't happen on accident, and um, before we close out with an interview, I just want to remind you listeners, of experiences. Uh, a couple episodes ago, from northern Minnesota, I interviewed Chris and Tim. And Tim on this podcast interview said, I don't trust leaders who don't laugh and who don't cry. And I just thought about the value of laughter. We have been through a really heavy season. And the value of laughter, being in a place where it's belly laugh, surprise and delight, things I didn't know could be funny last night were Hilarious! I, and I've never I laughed that. so hard in my life. Oh, I needed that. Honestly, you can go to a There's comedy no club and not laugh that hard. Where I've laughed that frequently and over a long period of time. I think the mistake would be to think this is about baseball. We're going to a baseball park to watch people hit singles, doubles, and home runs, and win the game or lose the game. And the reality is, it's about family connection. It's about laughs. It's about an experience, and it's by way of baseball. It happens that that's why we're organizing there. But when I, see, when I saw that circus pr uh, proceed out, it's a little parade to start it, a countdown clock, I thought, this has never happened. You show up, slowly entering the game. We didn't want to miss anything. And so I was on high alert to not miss anything. And in baseball, people could, you know, I was not tempted to scroll through anything on my phone other than hilarious Savannah Banana stuff that could accent the experience. Well, Alan, so, how about the, also the end? Talk about real briefly the end. The end was a special moment. It's really hard to sum that up. And at the end, it's a dance party that breaks out afterwards. And it's part DJ, it's part old school pep band breaking out. And you're immersed in this. And I thought, if I didn't know what this was, we'd be in a street party somewhere. But the players were the one leading the dance party. Players are leading the dance party. The owner. They have some choreographed stuff. Uh, you know, hands are in the air. I might have had the banana foam finger in the air the whole time, you know, bouncing up and down like I, I just didn't care. Like, it was awesome. Uh, and yet, the most magical moment of the night is actually when uh, they all gathered around and they're singing Stand By Me 
and uh, you know, locked arms, and it's players, and of course the banana mascot split is in there, and everyone's around in a circle. You're part of something bigger than yourself, and then Jesse happened to be right next to me and said, isn't that a special moment? This is what gets me every time. And it still hasn't gotten old. That's their tradition to close the night. And normally it's like, well, head on home, pick up your trash on the way in. This was incredible and so well done. Um, that was a special moment. And as much as you know, the, the funny moments were great, we had opportunities to salute uh, service members during that time. It was incredibly special. And this time was incredibly special as well. So those are the things that will stick out to me. I'll take this for a long time. Again, go back and listen to episode 35. Uh, Jesse Cole explains a lot of the why behind that. We encourage you to pick up his book, Find Your Yellow Tux. He's saying, you don't, you don't have to do me. This is so unique. Do you. What is your unique design? What is your unique take uh, that you can bring into, uniquely into your niche or your industry? And so uh, I want to end, actually, with an interview, uh, a very special guest uh, we have here on the podcast. Um, and honestly, uh, this isn't true of most of our guests, but I can say that I've known him his whole life. This is my nephew, Carter. And again, we are on our City A Year experience, and it is a city each year. It's a mid-major city, and we are, um, again, here at a Cuban restaurant, and we are just sort of enjoying our trek uh, down the East Coast now. So Carter Briggs, youngest ever on the Right Side of Leadership podcast. Welcome to the podcast, man. Yeah. So last night, um, you experienced a lot. We were talking about this till late. What are a couple moments you think you'll never forget? Um, uh, the dancing at the end was crazy. Just to see that they were all like, we were just standing a few feet away from the whole team. And that was just really cool. It was like a party party after a party a party after a party after another party so at one point you guys went up to jesse you and my son manny went up to jesse and said hey is there any way we could get a ball what happened after that um he said yes and he and of course the whole game he was running around taking pictures with everyone so we we waited a little bit while he took pictures with some people and then he took us over. We thought he was just going to go grab us some balls. He walked out on the field, and then, like, he waved back for us to come on the field. And then we ended up, like, getting to go in the dugout, take a picture with the whole team while the game is going on. And then we got a ball and then ended up getting it signed there at the end. That was incredible. Again, I thought he was going to maybe toss you a ball. Yeah, that's The whole team during the game gathers around you guys, yeah. not even watching their own team yeah, fit, which is pretty incredible. Uh, you've been to Phillies games before. You're actually a big baseball fan. Yeah. Did I hear you say that that was the best baseball game you've been to? Yes, definitely. All right, you got to tell me more. You, I mean, you've literally been to Major League Parks, packed with thousands of people, your favorite team. Um, just overall, somebody says, why is that your favorite game ever? What do you say? Just the excitement. I, It wasn't always the baseball. Like, I'd be looking at other things. Uh, like, about halfway through the game, they threw out beach balls, and the beach balls were going until the rest of the game. They never took the beach balls away, and that was just cool. There was always like something else to do. It was never just the game, and because baseball games get long, it's a few hours, and every time I go to a game, I just, I get bored in between innings. And, but this just like kept the excitement up. Mm. Everybody was cheering. My guess is that you've forgotten the scores of 
basically, well, yeah, every single game you've ever gone to. You've forgotten the yeah. score, maybe even who won. Score. You just remember, you know, being there in the stadium. Yeah. What are a couple moments? This is the last question here. This made you feel something last night. What are a couple moments where you just felt special? You felt like a VIP last night you'll never forget. Well, of course, going on the field and then... Before the game, we got a cool tour, which was of like where we got to go inside the under area of the stadium, which is really cool. And so I wore for Halloween. I was a banana, and so I brought my banana costume. Yes. It's perfect. Yeah. But um, and just people were like taking pictures of me or asking to take pictures because they thought my costume was cool, and that was just really cool. Wow. Well, I had a blast dancing with you guys, having fun with you guys. Last night again, this is our youngest guest ever, coming in at 14 years old, pound it, my man, my nephew, Carter Briggs. We had a blast, young, old, everywhere in between, three generations. We're laughing their heads off and feeling like VIPs yesterday. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Right Side of Leadership Podcast. Listeners, we need experiences. We don't just need more information. We don't just need more books, more learning, more courses this summer. We need new and fresh experiences. And I didn't know I needed to laugh, to last night. So friends, this is the chance we're crazy enough to believe you can live and lead for the long haul without losing your soul in the process. My friends, this summer is time to replenish. Go out there, find experiences with your family, experiences in creation, and please don't forget to find experiences and opportunities to laugh this summer.